You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Hi guys, welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. I am so happy to be here recording right now. I feel so grateful just to be able to do this. Colton took the kids to the farm to play and it's just perfect weather today. It's like sunny and 75. It's a good day. I've been in my garden. Just glad to be here. Okay, we're going to jump right in. This is part two of yoga philosophy for a 10-part series. So if you didn't listen to the first one, it's called Tapas and it was the last episode posted. It's so good and it's going to really lead into this topic perfectly. So if you haven't listened to it, go give it a listen and then come back and listen to today's topic, which is called Swadhyaya. Yes, you heard that right. Swadhyaya. (laughs) Swadhyaya is one of the niyamas of yoga. Niyama is a personal ethic that yogis live by. And this one specifically translates from Sanskrit to English to mean self-study or self-education. To me, I use the word self-awareness. I think self-study and self-awareness is really the perfect way to describe Swadhyaya. Swadhyaya is the ability to look inward, to see the truth of what's going on within us and to be willing to sit with it and be with it. We have to bring all of our subconscious programming and bring it into awareness and consciousness. So BKS Iyengar, he is a yoga sage and the author of one of my all-time favorite books called Light on Life. And also he is the philosopher who created the style of yoga that I'm trained in. He said something that was so profound. And the first time I read it, I like highlighted it 15 times because I was like, this is so good. He said that we want to cultivate so much self-awareness in our lives that every pore on the skin becomes like an eye that looks inward at the self, that no part of us is resisted or unseen. So I have a little exercise that I want you guys to do. First things first, I want you to think about this and you can even write it down if you want to. I want you to think if you were going to look inward, what would you see? What do you think about when you think about you? Maybe pause it if you need to for a second and then come on back. My guess is that for many of you, you'd be tempted to start telling me all the things that aren't working in you, how you're not as disciplined as you need to be, how you could be kinder, that you haven't accomplished anything that feels important to you yet, that you're kind of lazy, that you should be better in X, Y, and Z, right? So many of us have paradigms and programs and conditioning to focus on and harp on what's wrong. And it's interesting because it doesn't help us in any way at all. (laughs) It doesn't help us at all. So we have to really learn how to train the animal within and switch that pattern and turn off that loop and change it so that we can see what's actually working. So I want to tell you guys a story. One time I was at a little get together with some girls and part of the experience in the evening was that we went around the table and each girl was highlighted by the rest of the girls there. So we'd start with one girl and everyone would tell her all of the things that they saw that were good in her, her gifts, her talents, her abilities, her strengths. And it was so interesting to be a part of and to watch because it honestly made all of us so uncomfortable. Not the part where we shared all the good about other people, but when they were sharing the good about us. How sad and interesting is it that we as humans struggle to sit with our goodness, struggle and find it uncomfortable to be 
with the positives of us. I think that we even find it unsafe sometimes to allow ourselves to see the good and to focus on our strengths. We think that that means that we're being egotistical, or we might think that if we focus on our strengths, that we'll never change the things that aren't good and we'll never grow. But I have an argument to that. I want you to think if you are eating your favorite food ever and you take a bite and you really enjoy it and you find gratitude in it and you accept it and you you are just like, thank you, this is so good and you eat it and you love it and you know it's good. Does that keep you from taking another bite? Or does that give you momentum to get the next bite in even faster? Think about like your favorite food. We eat it and we keep going and going and going. When food tastes good, when we enjoy it, when we accept it and honor it and love it, it keeps on coming, right? Like we keep eating. But so funny, as humans, we think that if we look at the good within us, that we're going to stop wanting it. That that means that we'll stop worrying about the things that we want to change and make better. It's not true. It's just going to give us momentum forward. So I want you guys to just think about that because because often when we start doing this work of inner self-study and becoming self-aware, I watch it with my clients. I watch it with myself. We fear looking at what's working and what's right. But that's a pattern and a loop that we really want to go down. That's one we want to create more of. That's one we want to be in. As we focus on ways that we've grown, become, and been gifted talents and abilities, we'll gain momentum in those things. We will become better. But as we judge ourselves and we look at what's not working, it won't change behavior and it'll actually keep us stifled and stuck. I think probably one of the most important aspects of Swadhyaya is that this practice is meant to be done without any judgment. BKS Iyengar said that the greatest form of intelligence is being able to look inward without judgment. So as we go throughout the rest of this podcast, and as I give you lots of ideas and exercises of how to promote deeper self-study, I want to invite you to become the witness. This is really important. I don't want you to be the judger right now. I don't want you to even be the, the analyzer or the feeler right now. I want you to be like a fly on the wall, just watching with these eyes of observation, like a scientist almost, like, hmm, this is interesting. Oh, interesting. She does that. Oh, interesting. He's like that. Oh, hmm, interesting. Not with the the notion to create opinion and judgment and all of those things, but just to observe, just to be the witness, just to be the fly on the wall. As you do that, I think you're going to experience Swadhyaya in a way that's really going to serve you and create so much extra freedom in your life. I think that as we do this practice also, a lot of people feel a lot of fear because that's where they see the truth of themselves. But we really have to leave that analytical mind at the door, acknowledging our weaknesses, but like never dwelling on them. It just doesn't serve us to dwell on weakness. It doesn't serve us at all to dwell on what's not working, right? Or what's not right. Focusing and giving energy to our strengths and our, will give us momentum forward. And it will create a lot of positive impact in our lives. So in my own experience, as I've become more associated with my true self, for me, I do that through meditation. And we'll talk more about that later. But as I've done this like work to become more associated with myself, I've begun 
to see something much more than all those negative things that I saw myself in the beginning, I have began to see the divine in myself. I've been able to identify with this divine potential and divine heritage. When we know the truth of ourselves, it sets us free because it gives us power. Like you have so much power. And when you really start to see it, allow it, sit with it. When you look inward and you see all that you are and all the potential that you have to become, that's when life gets really fun. Another fun exercise that I want you guys to do is I want you to take a minute and maybe pause this podcast if you can and write these things down. If not, just think of them in your head. But I want you to write down five things about how you see the world around you, how you view it. Maybe it's like even like your family or the people around you. Your thoughts are your projections. Your beliefs and paradigms are always creating your reality. So look at what you just wrote. Look, think about what you just thought about the world around you, how you view it, what you see. Everything on that page is going to tell you way more about yourself than anything it does about the world or anyone you wrote about or talked about or thought about in your brain. Your thoughts are your projections. Two people can be in the exact same circumstance. Really think about this, okay? And be in a completely different reality. Two people can be in the exact same circumstance and be experiencing it completely different. And it all comes down to their own perspective and their own beliefs. The experience is the same, but entirely different depending on the person experiencing it and the paradigms and the perspectives and the patterns and the thoughts and the beliefs that that person holds. This is why there's so much freedom in knowing yourself and grounding in self-awareness without judgment. Our perspectives about the world around us and the people around us and the circumstances of our life say so much more about us than it does about any of those things we're analyzing. Think of that old quote. Okay, you guys are going to know this quote, right? It says, what Sally says about Susie says more about Sally than it does about Susie. So this is one way for you to kind of start to get to know yourself. Like, what are the things that trigger you? What are the things that kind of like bother you and other people? In what ways are those just projections of your own insecurities, your own struggles, or your own beliefs? What Megan says about the state of the world says more about Megan than it does the state of the world. All our beliefs and our perspectives are projections, and they mirror back to us our deepest worries, desires, fears, and loves. And I know this is hard to like grasp and like we don't even want to grasp it because we're like wait so when I am uh talking about this person or when I'm you know explaining how things are so terrible that's because of me that's my own beliefs creating that yeah it is there's no one else you can blame it on it's you and that's a hard pill to swallow I like to call it the red pill because once you take the red pill you can't unswallow it once you become self-aware enough to know that that you are the creator of your reality, that you, all your experiences are yours because of how you choose to think and feel. Well, one, it's like, whoa, that's a lot of responsibility on me. 
but also with great responsibility comes great freedom. It gives you your power back. Now, you don't need to be a victim to anybody else. You don't need to be a victim to your circumstances. You just are the beholder of the power. And I think that is super powerful. We make love and hate inside of us. This is fundamental and crucial to understand in order to train the animal. Like if you want to be a loving person, you start internally. Everything is 360. Our judgments are 360. If you are hating someone, it's because you created that hate inside of you first. It's not because of them. It's because you created hate by thoughts. They shouldn't be like that. There's lots of things we could think, but love is also created in us. So when you give love out, it mirrors back to you and you see love around you. When you put positivity out, it mirrors back to you and you see more positivity. When you put out good vibes, you get good vibes back and it mirrors back to you. And this is one of the most beautiful things is that we truly are creators of our own little reality. We're creating the story and no one outside of us. It's us. Now, something happens when we choose to do this work, but we choose to do it with eyes of judgment now. Like, let's say we're doing this. We're we're looking inward and we're seeing all of this. We're like, okay, like I, you know, I do not like these people and blah, blah, blah. Right. What happens is when we look inward with judgment is we feel shame. And shame isn't useful. Shame doesn't create good fruit. So that's why it's really important why I'm making this a big deal and why I'm talking about this a lot. We have to look inward without judgment because you know what shame does? Shame makes us hide. It makes us close our eyes as fast as we can. When we look inward and all we see is our own ish, right, our own crap, without love or compassion towards ourselves, without remembering that part of being a human is 50% crap, we feel shame. And shame feels absolutely terrible. And then we will close our eyes and we will do literally anything in our power to not feel shame because it's just the worst emotion and we hate it. And what we do is we do exactly what rhymes with it and we just blame. We blame others. So we feel something triggers us and we feel shame. And then we feel terrible. And then we don't want to feel terrible. And so you know what we do? We blame somebody else. It's because of you. It's because you said that, that I felt yucky. And so it's your fault, right? We get a glance of our not awesomeness and we judge it and the ego flares up and we feel shame and the ego flares up again and we hide and we feel terrible. And then we decide, eh, I'm over this. I'm going to switch the blame. And we blame our circumstances. We blame our life experiences. We blame other people. And we blame things that are honestly out of our own control, what we think is out of our own control. And it keeps us stuck exactly where we are. And it's bondage. And it's called damnation, right? It's being damned, right? It's the opposite of freedom. It's the opposite of everything that I know you want, peace and life and freedom and goodness. When we blame our circumstances, we feel terrible. 99% of the things that bother you are about you. And 99% of the things that bother others about you is about them. And I know like people hate hearing this. Like I hated hearing it at first because I'm like, wait, that means it's all on me. And then I judge myself because I'm like, well, I'm that I'm doing terrible. (laughs) Right. But that's why you just got to be be the observer. Step out of the story a little bit. Be the fly on the wall and just see it with those neutral eyes of like, oh, yeah, this is part of being a human. Some of it sucks. (laughs) Some of us aren't going to, it's not going to be, we're not going to be perfect. That's just part of being here, right? Not yet. So realize, be really, really aware 
that when people praise you, that's about them. And I love this thought. I use this a lot. When people tell me like, oh, Megan, you know, you're great or whatever. I like to think when they say that, I just say, thank you. Like you are a good person. And that's what I like choose to believe is that that's a projection of them. That's their ability to see good. That's their ability to love, right? And that's about them. And I'm so grateful when people choose that. And it's the same in the vice versa. When somebody's unkind, again, that's about them. So notice that and become aware of that. And when you are the person who's praising, that's about you. So don't put people up on pedestals because that's not serving you. That's your ability to see good. And if you can do that inwardly towards yourself, it's going to really serve you. Okay, so Swadhyaya requires full awareness and full accountability. Hard work, you guys. Real hard work, but honestly, the most freeing and best work you'll ever do in your life. I really believe that. Not ever. There's a lot of good work. I just think taking back your agency is one of those big ones. When you really choose to own your power and own, you know, like that you're the the hero of your story and that you're not the victim in this story, like it just creates so much power and freedom and ability to create whatever you want. So I think it's super cool. Okay, we're going to switch gears just a little bit. Let's talk about looking inward now at our desires. We all have desires and they're always working in us, right? Like our desires are always creating something. And so I want you to think for a second, like how often do we say we want something, but then we don't do it? You're like, I really want this, but you don't do any of the hard stuff that it takes to get it. Like we say, oh, I want to lose weight, but then we don't exercise or eat healthy. We say, I want to be present with my kids, but we won't put our phones down. Well, our desires really are always working in us. And if we're really, truly desirous of something so much that you feel it in your heart, you feel it in your body you will act differently. You will do things even though they're uncomfortable if it's truly a great desire. And so I think one of the the major parts of Swadhyaya and bringing self-awareness is bringing those desires that are even subconscious into consciousness and kind of organizing them in our brain of what's the greatest desire and putting them in order. And I think that that's a really difficult thing to do. And I think like saying it, it sounds easy. Okay, I'm going to bring my desires up into my conscious brain and then I'm going to analyze them and organize them so that they are aligned with my highest self, right? Like that's the idea of what I want you to do. But I think it's a little bit more difficult than that because I think we think we want certain desires. We have thoughts like I should want this desire and it makes it a little bit messy when we go to do this work. So I have some thoughts for you, right? Our desires are always working in us, but notice like my desire for health is often, this one's for me, okay, is often outweighed by my desire for novelty and fun. That's what I wrote when I was analyzing my own. My desire for charity is often outweighed by my desire for stuff. My desire for peace is often outweighed by my desire to be right. So I think that this isn't something you do once. This is something you're consistently doing is you're analyzing and you're bringing these desires into consciousness and you're putting them in order over and over and over again. And for me, like consciously even saying out loud, like my desire for health outweighs my desire for fun and novelty and and really reminding my brain what my true desire is and that I'm willing to be uncomfortable in order to get to it. I can tell your desires. You can tell my desires by if I'm actually acting and doing the work 
that it takes and being willing to be uncomfortable in order to create what I'm wanting and what I'm desiring. The work of life is just bringing those into alignment with your highest self and with God and like God's desires for you, right? So aligning desires is hard because it forces us to let go of identities, habits, things. It forces us to practice intense discipline. Hashtag train the freaking animal, right? That's what we're doing here. We're training the animal. But it's necessary and we have to be honest with ourselves. How often do we lie to ourselves? We're like, I want this so bad and it's just not happening. It's not true, right? Like it's not true. Let's just be true. Let's, and let's be clear, nothing's wrong with you for not wanting that all the time or for letting your desires maybe get out of priority or out of alignment. But when we do want something, the desire to be comfortable can't outweigh the desire to have that or to reach that goal, right? Let's be clear, like nothing is wrong with you. I want to say that again. Nothing's wrong with you. Let's not judge you. Let's just notice it. Let's just notice where our desires are. Are they where you want them? Are they aligned with God and your highest self? When you become that fly on the wall and you gain self-awareness and you become that witness, then you get to make magical decisions and you use that agency because it's not just happening. You're aware, you're conscious of it, and you actively choose what you're going to desire. And that is where the money is. That is so where the money is. You get to be the creator. You get to know yourself. You get to know your desires and, and order them. And then you get to create anything you want with that. So how, <laughs> how do we do this? And that I know like probably your brain's like, okay, I love the philosophy, Megan, but how, how do I actually look inward? And I have some thoughts for you. The first one and my number one recommendation for this practice is meditation. We've talked about meditation on my podcast, but I'm shortly going to do another one. So you need to listen to my meditation podcast. But we have to get our know, to know ourselves. And I, I personally believe like the safest place to do that is through meditation. This is how I would want you to do it. When my app comes out in a couple of weeks, this practice is going to get a lot easier because I'm going to guide you through the whole thing. But until then, I'll, let me just tell you what to do, okay? I want you to first journal some questions. I want you to write out your answers. I want you to write out all of your gifts, your talents, your capabilities, things that make you awesome. Okay. And I want you to think as hard as you can. And then I want you to write more because I know most of you are going to be like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. Right. Nope. You got to know. We're going to write them down. You're going to write down as many as you can, at least 20. And I know that I've done this with my clients. So I know 20, you're like, we can't, but you can't. Okay. And then I want you to get still. I want you to get really still. Maybe put like an eye mask on, get comfy on a chair. Don't fall asleep. And I want you to just breathe a couple breaths. And then what I'm going to have you do is I want you to visualize yourself using those gifts. I want you to see yourself using them and experiencing them and really receiving them. I want you to feel all the feelings that come from being that awesome. Open up to it. I want you to feel the heightened emotions of being truly enough. And then I want you to be that fly on the wall and journal some things that you're going to leave behind. I want you to do that divine work of creating a new you. 
a new version of yourself? What thoughts are low energy for you? What desires actually don't align with where you're going and who you want to be? Feel it in your body and just let it go. Like be with it. Let it go. Meditation is the freaking work. You got to get in there and you got to feel those feelings. Because here's the thing, you guys. When we get in a heightened state of emotion, it creates super pathways in your brain. This is so cool. I guess I'm like nerding out on all this neuro stuff right now. So it creates super pathways. So if we can get you feeling these really, really good feelings, we're going to create a neuro pathway, a super pathway in your brain that associates gifts with good feelings instead of gifts with discomfort. And then we're going to want to feel good feelings more often. We're going to practice it. I want you guys to practice. This is, this is the work after the meditation. So we practice in a meditation. We practice feeling the feelings and visualizing what it would be like and embodying it and sending that energy out into the field around you. And then after we go out of our meditations and we practice those feelings of like gratitude, right? And like abundance and like just being so enough. We're going to practice it and it's going to feel awkward because we're not practiced at it. We've memorized negative emotion. So we're going to practice positive emotion, right? We're going to practice abundance. We're going to practice gratitude. We're going to practice openness and receiving. And it's going to feel awkward as can be because you're not used to it. So you're like walking around with your like shoulders open. Like for me, like abundance is just like free flowing. And I'm just like walking around feeling good. And your whole body is going to be like, stop. Stop it right now. You look dumb. (laughs) This isn't us. We don't do this. This isn't even safe because safe is the same and this isn't us. This isn't what we do. And you're going to be like, no, I'm just practicing. I'm just practicing feeling abundant. I'm just practicing feeling the gifts that I have. And then you're going to practice even doing those things, the things you visualize, you using your gifts. And you're going to literally change the biology of your brain. And you're going to get yourself a little biological upgrade and it's going to feel fantastic. And so meditation, you guys, is the freaking work. I can't recommend it enough. It's changing my life. I'm sold for life. I think meditation has potential to completely change a human subconscious programming. And I think that is important because we run off of so much subconscious software. So you guys, I want to tell you, Swadhyaya, self-study, go make some freedom. Like own your crap. And go create what you want. You have so much power, so much potential. And this one matters. Okay. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'm about to launch an app and I'm really excited because on the app, we're going to have meditations that you can do with journal prompts. We're going to have visualizations so you can go in there and reprogram some of that stuff that's just keeping you stuck. We're going to help you get in that heightened state of emotion so that you can create super pathways in your brain so that you can change and it will be easier and you won't be fighting through so much resistance. And it's honestly going to be amazing. We're also going to have yoga classes, which I'm really excited about because yoga is one of my one true loves. And I think it is a practice that can really help us train the animal. It's a very disciplined practice. It's a very focused practice. We're also going to have recipes my favorite recipes that I love. We're going to have classes and you're going to have even time one-on-one, not one-on-one, but like group coaching with me. So you can get on and ask me questions. You can get on and I'll coach you through some of the stuff you're going through. And then we're going to be doing physical challenges together. We're going to be doing ice bath challenges. We're going to do fasting challenges. 
We're going to be doing mild challenges. It's just really this app is about training the animal within. I want to show people how to do this work because I think this work is very life-giving and fulfilling and it has the potential to heal a lot of negative emotion and a lot of crap that we go through. So I am really excited. Keep your eyes and ears peeled. That's coming soon. So soon to an app store near you. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Hey, if you liked this podcast, go ahead and share it. It would just mean the world to me. I'm so grateful. You guys, I'll see you next time. Talk to you later.